Welcome to Positively England. I'm Saunders CB and this podcast series running over 21 days is part of the FA's 21 Days of Positivity campaign, celebrating the importance of building a positive environment in grassroots football by encouraging players to enjoy the game. Why 21 days? Well, it's because it takes 21 days to form new habits. And this show is about filling them with something positive. The campaign is supported by Nationwide Building Society and it's all about promoting mutual respect on and off the pitch. So for 21 minutes, together with some great co-hosts, we went down to a training session at St George's Park to talk all things positivity with players from our own England women's and men's teams. With me is the wonderful Micah Richards, and in this episode, we're joined by one of the most decorated young players in English football, Joe Gomez. Our chat with Joe happened before his unfortunate injury, but we're wishing him well and all the best in his recovery. This was such a great chat. We talked about loads of things, from how he kept himself grounded after winning the Champions League and Premier League titles back-to-back, his insight on why he avoids social media, and how in the early days, he almost gave up on football. The difficulties came when that first bit of adversity kicked in. It was like a bit of rejection. It's like, this isn't really what I signed up for. It is a good tool and something that is part of the game massively nowadays, but just trying to stay away from that and having that detachment from football and then not worrying about socials and stuff when you go home. All you can do is put your best foot forward and do what you can do day in, day out, so you can go sleep at night feeling like I've given it my all. Oh yeah. Good, thanks. Good Pleasure to, to be here. How are you? Yeah, all good, all good. How has it been here, back at St George's Park? It's, it's nice to get into a flow of just like meeting up with the boys and it just feels like second nature. It's always a pleasure and an honour, so it's, it's, it's a nice group to be a part of. In this chat, what I'd like to do is talk to you both about the concept, the theme of positivity within football, mm. but not just within where you are now, going right back to where you started yeah. and how that positivity changed you and made you into the player that you are mm. today. So with that in mind, going right back to the very start, where mm. did it all start for you? For me, it started like my local power league. Right. Like I called it pits or it was just yeah, called that, pits. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, pits and then just, just having fun, man. Just on a Saturday, paying my pound or whatever it was my dad paid. Just playing, playing in a cage, five sides. Probably I was a shambles, probably. Just, <laughs> yeah. just what position was you back then? I don't even know. I think I was just playing up front. Everyone starts up front, just, don't they? Just want to score goals. goals. Everyone yeah. wants the goals. And then, yeah, but that was just enjoyment. I was young. I think I was like four or five when I started. Just having fun. That's all I remember. And then with time, I got a team and my dad started doing bits, like a team, and then just joined him. And then, yeah, just went, just enjoyed the ride. Back at that point, who were you looking up to? Who were your role models? Like, was it within your setup with your family or was it like this certain player that you were watching on TV? Or? I'd probably say at that time it was like, I was an Arsenal fan, so I was Thierry Henry. Right. Like him in his prime, his, his swagger, like, it's just had sauce. Like, he's just, he had all the sauce yeah. and the way he moved, blah, blah, blah. Just everything, <laughs> like, it's just, just that cocky, like, the way he played, like, as a kid, that was just like, wow, like, this guy's unbelievable. He just does what he wants on the pitch, so. He was like the one at that time. And my dad, he like coached our team, our little father side. So he's like, in my eyes, like, oh, the, the gaffer, like, my dad. And you're buzzing, like a little bit, like it's my dad, like he's the coach, so. No favourite treatment, you have to earn your right. Nah, yeah. it goes the other way, <laughs> man. It goes hard. It goes the other way, really? yeah. It's like, you just annoy it. Like, it couldn't be a bit like, dad, like, give it a rest, like, allow me, but. <laughs> yeah, nah, it was good, man. It's forever going to be a memory that like, I'll be, be grateful for. 
So from then, where did that take you in terms of like the, your first proper club, the first point where you realised that yeah. it was going to get serious? From there, I kind of got like, kind of spotted by Charlton, but for like the development centre. So I wasn't like into the academy. It was like on a Tuesday night, we'd go down like a selective group. We weren't quite academy, but it was like development. And then once I was there long enough, it fed my way into getting like a trial. But like before that, it was just, that was my first exposure to like a proper team. Yeah, and then from there, I got eventually got my trial. It didn't work out. Then I went back and then I got in. So, so at that point, at that age, that's obviously, that's your first ambition. That's your first step to get recognised by a mm. club, get involved in that system. Yeah. How's your mindset at that point? You're still really young. Yeah. Like, how are you keeping yourself driven? And what have you got in your head? Yeah. To be fair, I don't think, like, being driven was, like, a difficulty because you're just young. You just want to, like, play football. I think the difficulties came when that first bit of adversity kicked in. It was like a bit of rejection. It's like, this isn't really what I signed up for. As soon as you step into the academy, like infrastructure, it's a bit, you just feel the pressure a bit more. Mm. It's more like you need to go home and work on this. And like, I never really saw it like that. And I had a bit of resentment towards that whole setup. Like they told me, no, I don't really want to go back. I remember being in tears, like when I got told like they don't want to take me on after like six weeks and I was just like oh. said to my mom I don't want to go back there like then she got protective and it was my dad who had to say like come on like when they came around again like you need to give another go. Yeah, it was the same when I was at Leeds I got released I was a striker back then as well I got released sure. when I was nine and I didn't want to play football again because of just that feeling you know what I mean that feeling of just like re rejection. Like it's like six weeks as well, trial yeah, period. Yeah. Like I'm like, you've not even had a proper look at me, you know what I mean? And, and that's when I was just like, no as well. I'm making sure I, I work harder than anyone else. Because he knew he was good enough. Yeah. But sometimes like, thing is what I don't like about football is like, your opinion might be different to mine. Mm. It's different to him. Mm. And that one person who making an opinion mm. could not like one thing about you. That could spoil your whole, Development program. Yeah, development of what yeah. you, where you want to be. And that's where your mindset's got to be positive. Mm. And that's why I'm always positive, me, because mm. like the, the background I've come from where opportunity's not given all the time, mm. you know what I mean? So when you, once you get your foot in the door, you just got Rocked to remain mm. in there. And I think that's where the, the drive came from for me when I got released. Mm. I think that's interesting because obviously the reason why this is so prominent talking to you guys about it is because you've got a wealth of experience as being players. But going back to that point, being that age, it's not just that you haven't got that much experience in rejection, it's rejection to your dream. Mm. It's like an extra blow. Yeah. So like you obviously got your support systems around you to help you do that. But did you, were there really key learning points for you at that age that you could then maybe even pass to people that might be in that situation right now or about to be? I mean, Michael was young, like nine's young, like yeah, that's young. That's younger than I was. And at that point, a couple of years is a big deal in terms of experience or just like learning about yourself. I think mine was like 10 or 11, like, and I felt like the world had ended. Just like, but at the end of the day, it's, it's far from. And it's hard to say to like a young kid at that point, like, don't worry about it. It's not the end of the world. I think just, just to enjoy it. There's so many opportunities and, and routes you can take to get to where you want to get to that it's not the end of the world. And you're going to have many, many more failures or like tough times ahead and it's just it is what it is that is always just got to find perspective in, in it the parents need like looking at as well because if you look if you go watch like mm. under 11s you see all the parents screaming and, and yeah. shouting parents now nah, are putting too much pressure mm. 
on people to do well and the enjoyment's going out of it, you know what I mean? Mm. And for you, as, as someone who's still very much in their journey, mm. how have you allowed your learnings to be shaped from those early experiences? Yeah, I think definitely adversity has shaped a lot of, of things that have happened, injuries, mistakes. And I think it's just perspective, like, it's just nice to have the right people around you, like, Michael, like positive energy and good people that, that always just can give you that perspective in times when it's hard to see it. It's not the end of the world. And drawing back to old scenarios, like times when you're just grateful to be able to do pre-activation and train when like you couldn't because your knee was swollen or it's just like small things that it could be worse and always drawing. And then just living in the now, like staying present and not making up scenarios in your head about what could happen or what like how things could play out. Just enjoying, embracing the moment, enjoying the next game and that's that, rather than how the season's going to be or what or whatnot. Has, has your knee injury helped you that though, were you positive? positive 100%. Mindset? Yeah. 100%. I think because I was at like an age where I'd just come to Liverpool but I never experienced injury but then there's certain people that are, like Verge for instance now, like Verge is probably like, I think everyone could agree that he's up probably the best, best in the world. Yeah, yeah. in the world. So at a point like that, it's like you're established and you've proven yourself. And I, I felt like I hadn't done anything. So it's that worry, like, am I going to get back? And then I'm saying, like, how I'm saying you can make up just moral, or like, scenarios in your head. I'm thinking, oh, now do I come back, go on loan, and then just, like, am I going to get back? Just having those scenarios and those things to draw back on just make you think, like, just grateful to be healthy, to have the opportunity to play football. And, now more than ever. You know, like, touching back on what you were saying a second ago, Mika, about how much the, how the parents now these days yeah. really throw the competitive element right in the, throat, the kids' throats really early on. So you're embracing this world of competition super early doors, yeah. uh, and now you get to a position where you are now. The competition has ever, hasn't ever stopped. It's just got higher. Mm. Like in terms of like the demand for minutes, the demand for getting to the club oh, you yeah. want to be and doing the things and achieving the goals you want. How different? Would you say that is the feeling inside your head now as, a, as someone who's a little bit more mature than when you were when you were coming in on the scene? Do you feel like there's similar levels of mental challenges? Yeah, I mean, I'm far from cracked it. Like, I'm still like, learning that procedure every day. But I think, yeah, it is, like you say, dissecting the bits that you feel like can help you. I think competition is healthy in any walk of life, but I think just controlling the controllables that you can affect at the end of the day, train well, and if the gaffer's not going to pick you, he's not going to pick you. But all you can do is like, put your best foot forward and, and yeah, and, and, and just do what you can do day in, day out so you can go sleep at night feeling like I've given it my all. And Obviously, competition is good, but sometimes things aren't going to go your way and you've got to be patient. And that's one of the hardest things, I'll say, aside from injury, going through those periods where you're not playing and then you do get in and then you don't feel like you've got that rhythm. Or, but. It's hard not to be in your own head at times with that, but that competition is, I suppose, what you make of it and, and how you use it to fuel you than, than, than letting it like overcome you or be overwhelming and stuff. How do you keep yourself in a good place mentally? I suppose I just have a vision in my head of wanting to have that sense of fulfilment. I haven't played as many games as I would have wanted to at times, and just wanting to have that sense of fulfilment is is probably what I chase. There's always going to be opinions, like, yeah. and and like if you just chase outside recognition, like it can come, but then it could go just as quickly. So I think just chasing my own personal fulfilment and feeling of satisfaction in like how I'm playing or how I'm performing or, or what I can improve on is, is, is what it is really. But would you say like based on what we were talking about before and how you look at your career now, yeah. would you 
go back to your younger self and say, remember this moment? Would you say, take more from this or would you not change a thing? Yeah, I would, I would say take more from it. Because uh, Richard Wright, because he, he won a Premier League at uh, Arsenal, but he was like the third goalkeeper at Man City. And he was like buzzing and like said to me, make sure you enjoy this moment because you know it might not come again. So I won a Premier League at, at 23. And then I thought I'd win like five more because we had an unbelievable team, mm. get injured. Then next minute I'm out of the team. The Premier League when Pellegrini came in, mm. and I didn't even get enough appearances for a second Premier League. So if I were a new, if that was the only one I would have won, I would have celebrated it more. But when you're in that, you, you don't think that, you know what I mean? You just, you, you sort of like, when you're a footballer, it's, it's hard bubble to be in because you're just like, you separate yourself from the rest of the world and you're just like, you're just in like this vision of, I'm just going to do the best I can, you know what I mean? So you don't worry about what you've won until after. And he won't, he won't like realise what he's done until like he finishes his career. I mean, that's a perfect example, isn't it? Like, hearing Michael say that, does it make you think I should remember these moments more? Or do you think yeah. that I'm doing it how I am, this is how I'm doing it? A hundred percent, because uh, there's not many people like Michael that you can really draw that perspective from, because he's been there, he's done it, and been on the path and been at the top. So it's like, hearing it from, from someone like Michael, like, it obviously, it, it goes a long way. But, yeah, it's hard. Like he said, in the moment, he had someone saying it to him, and, and it's still still difficult but yeah you do your best and you want to appreciate and be grateful for the for the chance to be in a team because at the end of the day football is luck at times and yeah. being in the right team at the right time with the right manager is yeah it's it's not easy and, and so like i'm fortunate to be to be at such a such a club at the minute but no but you deserve to be there though like, don't, yeah. don't play it down you you're one of the best center halves I've, I've watched over the years as, as long as you keep working hard you've got to work hard as well i'm not gonna oh. say like it doesn't it doesn't come because i've seen Great, great players, you know, like overnight, like look what happened with Joe Hart, top mm. keeper. Pep comes in, he's not even seen him play yet. He's not even seen him play and he don't, he don't fancy it, so he can, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you it's... always have to make sure you keep working. And that's yeah. what you say to any youngster, no matter how good you are, or no matter like from grassroots level or whatever, you, you can't have, you can't switch off working hard. That's the most mm. important. Because if it doesn't work out for you, you can see, at least I worked hard for mm. it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And a lot of people, I, I did that myself. Like, I got a bit cocky. Like, you think I wasn't like, I was caught at 23. I, you know, I was playing for England 18, winning the Premier League at 23. I, I was, I wasn't cocky to the media. I was cocky to like, you know, like friends and that. Oh, I've done this and done that. But mm. like, it can get, it can get taken away from you just like that. Mm. So his mentality is, is, is perfect. But mm. like, he, he won't speak until he's finished. Do you know what I mean? Because. You can't let you, some things you keep to, to yourself. And knowing how quickly things can change in this game as well, in terms of like injury, squad selection, whatever. And also back right at the early days as well, like with your own stories about academy setups and, and early clubs. How important is it for you to, or how is your method, as I say, let's say, to keep your head in a good place where you can just keep being the best person you can be, be it at training, be it at the game, be it post-match, be it whenever? Obviously, it is difficult nowadays with like socials, and I think if you can master that side of things and sort of detach, it is a good tool and something that is part of the game massively nowadays. But I just personally like try and switch off, and because it I just, it can be just as poisonous when you go on there to like get praise or like yeah. get get that thrill after the game. If that's if that's what makes you feel fulfilled, is that you come in, you think you've had a good game, and then it's not you don't get as much praise as you think. Just as bad as like getting like hammered and you and it makes it hits you negatively. So just trying to stay away from that and having that detachment from like football and then just being like a normal person and 
not worrying about socials and stuff when you go home. Social media for me, I was coming to the end of it. I was Twitter, but I used to get abused by Villa fans, like abused. Like I had brilliant because in the papers every week, back then it was papers when I was coming through. Mm. Like you, you read the papers, you get a nine out of 10, you, yeah. it, you read it there. And I could not do no wrong. The only thing that hampered me, not only thing, one of the things, we didn't we didn't qualify for the Euros. Mm. Remember when Croatia beat us yeah. three, scored like late doors, didn't they? That's when it turned on me. It was like, because there was no real Ferdinand, there was no John Terry, there was no Ashley Cole. I think it was Lescott and Campbell and Wayne Bridge played in that. So then like, the tarnished us all with the same brush. Because I was thinking there's no right back after Neville, then yeah. I was playing. And then as soon as we didn't qualify, I was like, he's not good enough. I got sent back down to the 21s. That that was disheartening. Oh. That going from the seniors yeah. and then back to the twenty ones, like yeah. that that was a big challenge. I, yeah. I because I felt embarrassed to go back down, you know what I mean? Well I wanted to touch upon with you guys, following on from that. You've got the media, you've got social media, but you've also got fans, not necessarily at the moment, but usually at games. Mm. How does that play into it? There are some games where like it probably does impact people more than others. Like some games I just feel like you're in your own bubble and you're not as present. But there's some you can't ignore, like, they're whistling all game and it's like, whoa. There are games that when it's a bit more, the atmosphere's not as heightened and it's a bit more chill and you just enjoy just the fact that there's fans watching. But I'd, I'd like to think that when I'm having a good game, I'm not really, like, reliant on, on the atmosphere. I'm more just in my own head and, and, and focus on the game. But I suppose everyone's different. I don't know how you... Would prefer that. Yeah, Napoli away was difficult. It was just like their fans were crazy. Mm. They're just unbelievable. And it depends if, like, if you say if you make a mistake in the first five minutes, mm. it can just play on your mind. Like the fans are whistling every mm. time you get the ball. You know what I mean? Like, and then you in the game and you're angry. Like, why are they whistling yeah, me? Yeah. Like, and sometimes you can lose your concentration. Like you were saying, like it's more the foreign, you know, mm. abroad when you're playing abroad, the foreign teams. In England, but Liverpool was a tough place to go. Mm. All my career yeah. there, the most I've ever got there was uh, a draw. Not one there for, for years when I was at City. So, yeah, we'd like to see the fans back in the stadium now. Though, yeah. Because it's, Cause it I imagine, doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine on the, on the flip side, not having the fans there is a completely different experience yeah. because as much as there are like the, the negative sides, there's obviously the positive sides. The fans yeah. can be the 12th man, they can like drive a win 100%. out of you. How, how has that been, not having fans about? Yeah, it is tough. Like, and I think, some of the results have probably like mm. proven that just just some of the wild scorelines have been on the receiving end of some bad ones. So for some players, I think like some players are turning on the edge of their box when maybe they wouldn't <laughs> when there's pressure and the fans are like, ah, and then yeah. just giving it back, playing it simple. But some games don't feel like they have the same level of of pressure that they would. For us, I think at Anfield is such a like it's such a tool that yeah. when when it's a big game and that and and the fans are on it then. The pressure they can put on other teams is unbelievable and that's 100% something we miss. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of cons to it. And as much as there's like those moments where, you know, maybe you can put you off your game a bit or, go, or, or mess, mess up your, uh, your concentration, surely as well the other side of it is the fans can be this sort of beacon of positivity mm -hmm. in the sense, not just on the pitch, but also knowing that you've got people that believe in you. Do points in your careers or are you continuing to have points in your careers where you get that little extra push of positivity from fans? Yeah, always. I think there's nothing better than like as defenders like making a good challenge or or, or defending a situation well and, and getting a reception. Like 
that feeling is like scoring a goal for us, I suppose. You've got the opportunity to go and tell the next future generation of young players coming through now, mm. the lessons, the wisdom that you've learned in terms of keeping good, positive mental attitude. What are you telling them? What are you saying? I think that, like, so just have fun, man. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's, it's a journey to enjoy and like, there's no point Sometimes we can make the, the situations feel bigger in our head than they are. And at the end of the day, football's a sport to enjoy and we just got to embrace it. I think like, now more than ever has proven that things can get taken away like that. So while it's here and you've got the chance to play football and be healthy and, and, and do what you love, just enjoy it and have fun, man. Massive thanks to Joe for spending some time with us to talk about his mindset and approach to football. He's told us how he stays positive despite setbacks in the past. And with that experience and mindset, we're sure he'll be doing the same thing right now to come back from his injury even stronger. And of course, thank you to Micah for his insights throughout the series as well. Next time on the podcast, we'll be back with an in-depth chat with England's own Rachel Daly. Thanks for listening.